0: so welcome to another MindCraft episode. My name is Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and I am here on Champlain's gorgeous campus with Dr. Lindsey Godwin, who is our academic director of our Cooper Ryder Center for Appreciative Inquiry, and also a professor at the School of Business, Stiller School of Business. And this is my favorite part of her title ever. Dr. Lindsey Godwin is our possibilitizer, so welcome, Lindsey.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today.
0: Oh, I'm so excited too, and I'll tell you, uh, I've interviewed Lindsey before because uh, she just she's a she's a high roller. She's got a lot going on all the time. And what brought me to invite Lindsey today is her. I don't know if it's your latest one. I think you've had one since you then. Get it.
1: uh, it's, it's one of my latest one ones. One of your latest one ones. One of the latest. I'm trying to get back in the swing of psychology today. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> it fun? I know. I, know I love fun.
0: writing for them.
1: So, so Lindsay's. It really, really took me. And
0: it's how to harvest your hidden intelligence. Uh, three ways to enhance experiential intelligence, and so maybe we should start, Lindsay, by having you explain what that is.
1: Yes. And I'm so excited about this concept. I'm so excited you are excited about this concept. It's really gaining traction um, in in different communities. Uh, My colleague, Soren Kaplan, actually has a forthcoming book on it called Experiential Intelligence, Harnessing the Power of Experience for Personal and Business Breakthroughs. And he has a great definition that I just love. It's so succinct. He says that experiential intelligence is the combination of mindsets, abilities and know-how that we gain from our experiences. So those three different pieces, right? Mindsets, abilities, and know-how, with the mindsets being our um, attitudes and beliefs that we have about ourselves and other people in the world around us. Those abilities, of course, are our competencies that help us um, integrate our knowledge and skills and experience so we can respond to situations effectively. And of course, our know-how, which is our knowledge and skills that we have.
0: Excellent. I just love that, Lindsay, and I have to say that I'm thrilled beyond imaginability because people have been stifled for so long. You know, Alfred Binet way back in the early 1900s and also Wilhelm, what, William? William William Stern, Stern right? German mm-hmm. psychologist, yeah. right? Two, two people who sort of came up with some of the original IQ type measures of intelligence. And now in 2022, we've expanded that thankfully because people can be smart in so many different ways.
1: So, so true. And I think it's so interesting. I say, if, uh, just Google the term intelligence, and you can see that, like, as a society, we've been so like trying to figure out and define and and talk about intelligence for 50 plus years, right? There's like 600, you know, million hits come up when you Google <laughs> intelligence, and exactly. But historically, for you're right, for the past 50 years or so, um, IQ, right, the idea mm-hmm. of our our intellectual Um, sort of intelligence has been the prominent sort of measure of intelligence. And we have our IQ tests and people always, you know, we sort of think Mm -hmm. about that. And then came along um, about 50 years ago. So right, um, uh, emotional intelligence came along. And that was a wonderful add, I think, to our conversations on intelligence, recognizing it's not just sort of this idea of like what we're innately like smarts that we're innately born with that we can sort of mm-hmm. measure, but it's also the idea that um, how we show up interpersonally interrelationally, right, like right, you right. Know, our emotional ability to um, read other people's emotions and also understand and sort of uh, master our own emotions is, is a part of that too. And what Island you're right. And there's, so there's been this whole sort of expanding of the conversation of intelligence People talk about kinesthetic intelligence, right? Right, So, like athletes, right? Knowing where their limbs are in space, which is not something that I have much intelligence in. So, all of these different types of intelligence. But you're right that what I'm so excited about the experiential intelligence is like, it's like we've been missing a piece of the puzzle for the conversation. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so excited about Soren and other people's work that's really sort of adding to this conversation on these multiple forms of intelligence. And you know, we've seen it. You've people listening out there. You've seen it, right? Those folks um, in our lives that have um, just wonderful sort of experience, but it's not just the experience. It's having the ability to learn from and yeah. understand and apply that experience in new ways, right? So it really is. That's why it's an intelligence, right, right, right. Um, uh, and and I really think that it adds really like a third leg. Soren talks about that, like mm-hmm. a third leg to our intelligence tool. IQ is important, EQ is important, and now XQ, experiential intelligence, is like this um, intelligence that's been, we said, sort of hiding in front of us this whole time that we haven't been unpacking and looking at and really looking at how we can harvest, harness, and expand it.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. You know, I absolutely love that, Lindsay. And it it sort of, what you were just saying, brought me to self-esteem, kind of, you know, because... Obviously, people's experiences have been there forever. We're just now acknowledging it and bringing it to the table. So, there's, we were saying there's book smarts, there's street smarts, there's athletic intelligence, mm-hmm. da, 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 creative intelligence, musical, you know, da da da. And now to bring
1: so it's an add, not subtract, right? I think exactly. It is. It's not about saying, again, it's not about saying IQ. It's not about saying all these things are that we don't need to study, you know. Right. We're not throwing out the books. Exactly. It's not about throwing out the books, but it's about adding a new text that we all bring, that text, which is the story of our life, right? It's like we all have the most valuable textbook with us all the time. And it's how are we learning how to um, sort of to read that text, to make sense of it and to apply it in new situations, right? So how am I taking things that I experienced in the past, whether it's in my family, whether it's traumatic experiences that we've had, positive experiences that we have, it's all, it's all part of the the textbook of our life for us to learn from and to apply in new ways, um, and to really it's about sort of learning how we and understanding ourselves better. I love that you're linking it to self-esteem too, because it really is about honoring the who we are and how we navigate the world and how we each do that uniquely, right? Like through our unique lived experience becomes that lens. But it's then also the becoming aware of that for ourselves, like right, why do I hold these um assumptions, right? Why, why are these the skills and abilities that I have? And if I want to, what are new skills or abilities that I want to um, to cultivate? So that might mean I need to actually seek out new experiences to do that, as well as reflecting on my past experiences. So it's not a static um, right, right, intelligence right. by any means.
0: No, I would think it's a reverse, like in motion, right? Exactly. You know, I, I love that too, Lindsay, because I think, I love the validation because I heard, heard of validation. There's a human being out there. Regardless of where you come from, money, debt, none of it matters. We all want to be seen and heard on on the map, right? It has me thinking of, you know, there's a million examples of this, but if you were in combat or you were the oldest child in an addicted home and you had to take care of four younger siblings and you learned to be extremely organized, right? Maybe sacrifice some childhood too, and then it's not all in vain. It counts for something. You know, like you said, most valuable textbook. I love how you put that.
1: Right. I mean, and that's given you exactly any of those experiences have cultivated then specific mindsets of caretaking for others, for example, right? Or being resilient. I was just going to say resilient. Um, you know, huge or specific abilities. I love that, right? Like, you know, we've learned how to then in certain situations to be, um, to be mindful or to be careful, or, or to step to, up, or to step up leadership, speak up, or you know, or um, to be organized in different ways, right? Or so our executive functioning has been enhanced by different things um, that are that has all come from yeah, exactly lived experiences that we've had, and so it's becoming aware of, and that's why I love this verb is harvesting. I love that. It's word, such a good right? word. It's such a great word because it is about. Um, Because just like, again, we can seed them, we can seed experiences, but then we have them and we need to harvest them for the um, for the mindsets, abilities and know how that they have instilled upon us that is impacting how we show up with others. And then also recognizing, you know, that there could be patterns or dynamics just from your example, too, right, that we want to change or amend. Mm -hmm. And so it is also recognizing, well, why is this my, (laughs) you know, why is this my mindset? So it is it can go both ways, but really, sort of honoring and um, and recognizing that every lived experience holds a possibility for for us learning, um, you know, more about ourselves and operating in the world more effectively. I love this. Sounds like treasure. I know. Ooh, you know, like, like we're going. Love it. Yeah, you know, like it. like discovering yeah, yeah. well, gold, like gold. Yes, exactly. I love that. It's a like great you, metaphor.
0: Yes, like you were saying, Lindsay. Even if it's something we need to work on, like it might be positive. We learn leadership skills at, you know, eight because we have a dysfunctional family or it might be something maybe we're not as trusting because of the similar, but we take it and.
1: And recognizing exactly. And is that something then, is that something I want to change? Like my trust, right? Is that something I want to trust? Then what are the experiences that I want to cultivate that is actually going to help me then, you know, evolve, evolve my relationship with trust for example. Right. So we can cultivate new experiences intentionally, just like we can learn from our experiences intentionally, um, totally. So that's why I love this idea too, um, and it being an intelligence that is expansive. Um, to your point, that it's it's sort of it's it's a textbook we can keep adding chapters to. I guess oh, I <laughs> love that you're on
0: right? fire with that because when you said the most valuable textbook, you just crushed that one because it's our life minutes.
1: Yeah, exactly. what's more valuable exactly. than that? You really? know.
0: And I love the word cultivate, and, and which kind of further expands your harvest analogy. Because to me, I think, especially in Vermont, I think of dark, I think of dark, dark, dark soil. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And I, then I think of, of the of the fall, because your article kind of brings in the fall. And there's kind of this culmination of all the work we've done. Right. And then there's a you're reaping what you sowed kind of thing. Right.
1: And I love that the idea too that not to 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 like using the harvest and the farmer metaphor here that we're fully leaning into that it is work. I mean that is what, mm-hmm. and again that's why it is an intelligence. It's it's something that um that can be back to your cultivated word, but something that um that yeah that takes energy, but then it pays. You know, it pays dividends off and. Yeah,
0: and actually, now you've got another stray brain cell, Lindsay, and I know you know her and you're also a fan of her work. It brings me to Carol Dweck's work with the yes. growth mindset, right? Yes. Because never does she say, now you're a growth mindset, so sit on the couch and have a sandwich. Exactly,
1: exactly. She, it right. takes, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> right? I mean,
0: it's, it's like, okay, you, you you have this awareness of whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. And now you need to get off the couch, mm-hmm. put the sandwich down, and work, good old-fashioned grit. To uncover, reveal, expand.
1: Continually. Continually. Exactly. Right. And it's always, I love it too. And I love, yeah, I love Carol Dweck's work. um, And the idea that it's always a choice.
0: Right. Right. And it's always a
1: choice because we can, um, it's not that you're a growth mindset person or you're a fixed mindset person. It's like in this moment. Continuum. Am I acting from a growth or fixed mindset? And the next moment I can. Right. I can choose to get off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can choose. I can choose a different path. Um, and And I think you're right. There's so much connection with that, with experiential intelligence, too, because it's like I can choose in this moment to sort of be intentionally reflective on my experiences and what has led me to sort of interact with you right now in this way. Right. Like from my history, what is it that is doing that? Um, and, or I can sort of, you know, keep my, my experiences closed and on the shelf and never reflect on them and learn from them. Right. So it's always a choice that we're making. So, um, yeah. And I think so much of it, as we expand and lean into our spiritual intelligence, it moves us naturally into a growth mindset because it's like, mm-hmm. we're getting curious. Right. And that's so First much step. at the heart of, right. of Carol Dweck and all of that work is sort of, yeah, getting curious about, um, yeah, you know. How might I, what might that look like?
0: (laughs) No, that's, I think that's all spot on. That's, this is fantastic, Lindsay. And I'll tell you where it brought my head, shiny object, shiny object, is I know you've done a lot of work with, you speaking of growth mindset, right? Strength-based work that also is sort of a cornerstone for the work you've done with appreciative inquiry. So this seems to fit, like change begins with a question kind of thing. So maybe this is for the folks who are listening and may not know what it is, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, so exactly. I love that you see those connections because in my head, they are totally there, too. And from that strength-based appreciative inquiry work. So appreciative inquiry really invites us to get curious, start with a question. Exactly. Change starts with the question that we ask. And so, are we asking questions about what we want to generate more of to appreciate or grow? <laughs> to write that word appreciative is an economic term to grow in value. So, are we inquiring into the things and asking questions sort of in the direction we want to go? Um, where most of our management and change processes um, start from a deficit diagnostic standpoint. Right. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, that's just right. recognize that that is like the classic approach. Is a diagnostic deficit. What's wrong? What's broken here? And let's fix it. Great. And you're labeled. And you're labeled, you know. And that's um, and that's been sort of our trajectory from psychology to organization development to mm-hmm. community development, you sort of name it. Um, and there's really been this shift again, you're from, you're right from the psychology, positive psychology movement, positive organization development. Um, And Appreciative Inquiry sort of was one of those first forerunners, so it's been around for 30 plus years, um, really looking and inviting us to shift, literally, the questions that we ask one another. Um, so that we are lifting up strengths, let's lift up what is working, what is giving life to this system, this person, this team, when it's at its best, Um, what will success look like, and what are the assets that maybe have gone underdeveloped and underused that we could use, and um, to move us from today's reality, which might not be our ideal, toward what we want tomorrow to look like, and so you're right, I think that all of this work, um, the Carol Dweck, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. growth mindset completely aligned with all of that. Um, everything that you do with your Minecraft, I mean, is to me is completely appreciative inquiry at its heart. Um, and this work with experiential intelligence very much is too, because it's inviting us to turn with mm-hmm. new questions and new appreciation for our lived experiences, as you were saying, sort of recognizing this sort of cornucopia, back to our metaphor, right? right. Our cornucopia or our garden to harvest of experiences that we've had across our entire life. And so rather than looking at the, uh, you know, and labeling experiences as bad or, or something um, again, not saying that they can't have different impacts on us, but, um, but that every experience, is something for us to learn from that there's and, treasure. and there's treasure there and that it has, it is, it is a piece of the puzzle of who we are and how we operate and interact in the world. And so let's get curious about that and then let's also um, harness that and develop that. And I think we can talk about sort of some different strategies again, to me, from an appreciative perspective about how you can harvest and expand your experiential intelligence.
0: No, actually, I I really I love this, Lindsay, and I know in your Psychology Today article, you you sort of talked about some ways to do this, and that might be a great way to to lead people in that direction. Is as far as what now I'm aware of this that that time I in my life or whatever 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 happened, and that that is now help me see the treasure. What do yeah, I do? Yeah,
1: exactly. I think um, the three things I talked about were. Um, Getting curious about our successes, reframing failures and cultivating new and diverse experiences. So if we take that first one, just the getting curious about successes, talk about an appreciative approach. First of all, we so often in our life treat success like it's not worthy to be explored or Mm -hmm. studied. And that the only thing that really is valuable to learn from is our failures. Yes, there is a ton of stuff that we can learn from our failures. And guess what? We're really good at that. What we're not so good at doing is flexing our, you know, reflective muscles and and uh, bringing the same sort of analytic right, and right, reflective right. practices to our successes. Again, I one of my colleagues, I love it, she always says, you know, we treat successes like an accident and they're not. So many things had to go right that in order so for the success to happen. And so... Let's bring that in, inqu- that appreciatively right. inquiring mindset. And so let's get really curious about our successes. Like what went right here. What went right here. Exactly. And so and starting to ask ourselves again, from the experiential intelligence, you know, what were the mindsets? What were the abilities? What were the know-how that I had And that I leveraged in this this you know experience that led me to be successful, so I can do it again, right? So that it's not like just an accident. It's like, oh, actually, what's my organizational right, right, right? Or was my highly relational, you know? Or um, the empathy I learned. The empathy that I learned, you know, and so it helps us to again to honor those experiences, but also to really recognize. uh, yeah, what what were what are the what are the success factors of our successes? Right? I mean, this is like talk about something we never talk about.
0: Isn't that it strange? I it's like the it's irony. Strange. You would think, doesn't that seem like logically, that it I makes know, sense? And we just
1: don't. I What's mean, going about, right, and can you keep doing think it? Think about all the teams that we've been on. I mean, we even have words. We have, um, you know, postmortems. It means after death, literally. Like, seriously, that's what we're gonna like kick the dead horse after it's done. (laughs) It's like, no, let's not have a past more let's have, you know, after action review or sort of the reflective practice. It's not about not looking back. It's totally about looking back. But let's not just look back on the dead horse, right? Right, 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 Look back on on the on the you know or the the limping horse. Or the limping horse or whatever, (laughs) Right. right? So um and recognizing that um again, and not ignoring that there might not be things we want to do differently in the future, but let's not treat success like an accident. Let's right, right. treat it as something that is because worthy to be studied and to be learned from and to be leveraged. And definitely from our experiential intelligence um, sort of viewpoint here, it's something that um, that we really need to, to think about. Again, how are we harvesting the insights from our successful experiences so that we can leverage and accelerate them in the future.
0: I absolutely love that. Okay, this is excellent, Lindsay. And Right, you caught me with the um, reframing failures because I'm a huge fan of the reframe. And I love how it's, it falls under the category of skill versus talent. Like yes. Michael Phelps, we can yes. actually, we <laughs> can, can, actually may not, we can become a better swimmer, for, but we're not going to be Michael Phelps right. unless that's, you know what I mean? The <laughs> heavens parted, right. But the skills I love because we can see them, emulate them, and we can right. actually them. practice them, yeah. and become better. So why don't you maybe tell us about that?
1: Yeah, no, I love that. Because again, it's sort of the flip side of people like, oh, you just want to talk about successes. Yes. I mean, I want us to talk about successes because we don't talk about them. And let's talk about failures, but let's do it in a way from a learning perspective, a reframing. I love, yes, it's all about how do we reframe failures as a learning opportunity. I mean, talk again about Carol Dweck's work. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. so much research and science behind this that, um, again, even those experiences that might not have gone the way we wanted, those outcomes that might not, is a rich learning opportunity for us. Again, to get curious from that appreciative inquiry standpoint and ask, well, what are the mindsets, abilities, and know-how I need to develop in order to be successful in a similar situation in the future, Right. right? And then how might I go about doing that? And so really looking at those failures as, again, there are another chapter, it's a chapter in our, in our life book of, it's not the end.
0: I mean, no, it could be not, the beginning.
1: It could be the beginning. It often is the beginning of a great right. chapter, right? And so exactly those, the best, I think that's a great metaphor. The best chapters sometimes begin with a something not turning out how we wanted it. And then how do we sort of bring our resilience, bring all of those things that I know that you and others were sort of talking about cultivating and really looking at, like you said, it's something we can practice. Again, it's a choice I that we that. make. Yep. you know, to look at something intentionally, to get curious about it in a new way. And really to then recognize that, yes, that's an experience I can learn from. And it can also inform me for like, what are other experiences I want to cultivate in order to help me set me up for success when I have a similar or different opportunity in the future. Um, so again, it's not about ignoring failures or stuff. It's just about, it's about putting them in the right place in our story.
0: No, I love that, Lindsay. And I think Words are so important, too. Like I like how you said, like a point in a new direction and learning from these. And I know Wayne Dyer is one of my favorites, too. And he says, really, failures, failures don't really exist, meaning the word, because really, we're all people behaving Mm -hmm. and we're producing results. Right. These results work for me. Right. These, not so much. (laughs) Right. And now maybe I'm in a new job. And now I'm
1: going to pivot. And now now I'm I'm going to pivot. Instead and of getting
0: hung up on the rhetoric. Right. It's, it's really it like so you close true. a chapter, start a new one, right? new new direction.
1: Right. I know new sentence, new whatever. Whatever it is. You're exactly right. Like it's we're polish the treasure. We're, we're always gonna love that. We're we're always getting results. If they're not the results we want, then we need to do something different with our behavior, right. right? And it's not working. Um, for you. there might be we need to be in a new environment. We need, you know, new relationships, all those things that we need to cultivate. And so you're right, it could be interesting, you know, how do we even um reframe to it to moving toward maybe erasing like the concept of failures from our things and that it's really uh oh that was you know somebody used to say that um when something didn't go the way that they thought that was interesting right (laughs) (laughs) that was interesting (laughs) that was interesting right and sort of that that it's you know so so try that on next time something (laughs) feels like a failure well that was interesting
0: (laughs) no it totally fits because because I think it, it's just a word, but it, it has me thinking of a red pen on paper. Yes, yes.
1: You know, it's just, it, it's,
0: it's got an association with it that's so negative. Mm-hmm. When, especially, I know, at a fabulous 57, I know when I ask, <laughs> you know, any of my friends slash colleagues, as many double, such as yourself. And most of us, it, it, it once you get far, farther enough along, have a story where we were redirected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. and then, but like, I wouldn't have landed here right. if I were, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's all part of the big tech, the, the most valuable textbook.
1: Well, and that, again, and that you're constantly authoring that textbook, right? right? So again, back to like our choices and our cultivating, you know, experiences intentionally and recognizing, okay, that's an experience I can learn from, I can harvest. Even if it's the learning is like, I never want to be in that situation again, right? You or learn something. You learn something. and so, Or if it's something
0: you don't want to do. Or
1: something you don't want to do or dynamics and relationships you don't want to be I
0: don't want to be with a person who.
1: Right. Who doesn't sick, respect, doesn't
0: respect or, whatever. Yeah. Right.
1: Or is not trustworthy and all of that. I learned that, something, you know? And so, um, so yeah. So then it's about sort of, yeah. How will you then intentionally turn the page and start, what mm-hmm. is the new chapter you want to start writing? Um, which gets to sort of the last thing that I was talking about, sort of the uh, the last way that I was talking about cultivating um, experiential intelligence is then intentionally um, actively cultivating new and diverse experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, sort of, again, the asking yourself, what are the new experiences that are going to help me expand my mindsets and expand my know-how and expand my abilities? And so the more um, sort of, I say, the more diverse our experiential text that we have to draw right, upon, right, Right? Um, the more opportunities we have, the more choices we have for how we show up with other people. And so whether that, I love that, like my own students, that's one of the reasons I love at Champlain, we're so encouraging of our students to study abroad. Yes, yes, definitely. So that's like an intentional um, cultivation of a new and diverse experience that that creates new abilities, know-how for them in new ways, right? Um, it's why we as colleagues sort of encourage each other to take on new leadership roles or different things too, right? So
0: push out of the comfy zone, you know, a so bit.
1: exactly. So how are we, how are we intentionally cultivating and stepping into new experiences again with that mindset of, you know, what is it that I, I want to learn here? How can I bring the best of what I know and stuff? But then also mm-hmm. what is it here for me to expand my knowledge, skills and abilities and know how? Um, so that I have like a a wider repertoire. It's like learning a new language, right? right you have like right. more vocabulary because you, you have life, like more, more, life. right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have like more. We're again going with our textbook metaphors. Mm-hmm. Like we literally have more words than in the chapter to then choose from and to write with, um, because we we have you know we have expanded our our experiential vocabulary, so to speak. No, oh, I love
0: that. It's almost like let's say you grew up like the alcoholic family thing or a veteran or picked anything, right? Maybe a parent died young or say whatever. Is that kind of later in our lives ends up in on well, higher higher ed, it's like a like a prereq, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you're ready to take on an either bigger challenge you may not have been able to take on right. had you not
1: right. taken that
0: first life class.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And
0: past it and in flying colors, right? right. Exceeds, Exceeds expectations. Exceeds
1: expectations. Right. Right, we all get a gold star. Exactly. And now you
0: can take on something right, huge. Something yeah, because it tools. On that. Right. Exactly.
1: I think that's a great example. Oh,
0: I love this. Wow, wow Lindsay, this has just been such a good conversation. And so. Just to sum up, I know I just want to say how thrilled I was when I originally read your article in Psychology Today, because it just, I just felt this wave of validation, like just a broad way. I mean, for the world, kind of. I know it sounds cheesy, but I really mean it, because so many of us, most of us, right, have gone through something, especially by the time you get into your, you know, 40s, 50s, Something's you've been around the block a little bit, and just how validating your article was and will be for lots of, of people and also our listeners that are hearing this so what might you want to say as far as uh, you are just about reframing and you're talking about the most valuable textbook I love that and treasure for people to keep
1: I think that's it I, I love that the, um, the yes that sort of how can we validate and honor these life experiences that we've had and will continue to have and I think you're right. To me, at the end of the day, it's a reminder to ourselves that we are um, our text. Yeah, our life is our greatest textbook, and we are the author with the pen yes. in our hand. And so let's with um, pen in hand. With pen in hand, and the ink's usually usually still wet in many places, <laughs> right? So um, my book so, for sure. I know, right? Some <laughs> of us maybe you know more than others, and um, and so I think it is that. How do we continually? Um, sort of honor ourselves as the author of this textbook that we are constantly um, writing and learning from and recognizing that it has, you know, it's a, it is priceless, right? And talk about, it is a priceless textbook that we carry around with us. Um, and I hope that we all sort of start opening up those chapters and, and, reviewing you know those early chapters but recognizing that there's there's infinite number of empty pages yet for us to write and learn from so i'm really excited to see what other conversations emerge out of the experiential intelligence and um, from this book that's coming out and other resources that are going to come out i just think it's going to be a growing um, conversation that i'm really excited about
0: i am too and all for all all of our listeners i'm excited to hear what you have to say (laughs) about what uh, Dr. Lindsay's been talking to us about experiential intelligence. So please leave your comments and questions that you have. and and that's it. I just like to th- I am so grateful you're able to spend your life minutes in this way, Dr. Lindsay. Thank you so much for being on the show. This
1: is a great chapter in my my textbook of life. Thank you, Kim. Thank you all. Alrighty.